Welcome back to a brand new episode of Football RPG. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion. Today it's episode number 93. What's up, everybody? Yeah. I'm joined by Adam Sink. What up, Adam? How you been, bud? Not much. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh, super fantastic. I also got Richie motherfucking Buzzkill. What up, Richie? Not much, man. Just drinking uh, a Mother Road Lost Highway. So I'm on the oh. dark side of the beers this evening. Oh well, I, I'm I'm drinking a very special uh, uh, water that was uh, that was uh, recommended to me by my friend, um, who we'll get to in just a second here. But we are also joined by we are we are also joined by Ashley. What up? How you been? I've been fantastic. I am drinking my water and very jealous of RBK's beer. So yeah, no no doubt. Yes. Me too. Me too. And uh, our our special guests today joining the panel is Alex. Alex, the music writer and water recommender. What's up, Alex? How you been? I'm there, and I too am enjoying some very fine, very flavored water. Uh, about which I will not tell anyone unless you divulge the secrets of the universe. Oh man, it's out there, dude. Waterloo. It's Waterloo, bro. This is the good shit. Now's the time to cue Abba. Dude, I'm telling you, man. If I, I I'm kind of, I kind of want to know who makes this Waterloo shit because it's so fucking good. It's like I can't. If it's like, if it's Coke, if it's like Coca Cola or some shit, then I'm gonna be pretty disappointed. But like, otherwise, I would really seriously consider buying stock in this stuff. It's so good. I got watermelon. What you got? A uh, lime. Lime, nice. Can't lose with lime. Uh, so how's it how's it been holding up? It's uh it's uh, role playing central on uh, on FMRPG. How's everybody how's everybody doing? Uh, doing pretty well. I mean, nothing much changed so far, but you know, there's there's some cool stuff coming up. So you know, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of cool stuff in the air going on gaming wise. Um, uh, I've been kind of on Kickstarter a little bit, looking around, and there have been some like interesting Kickstarters. So you know, that whole worm continues to turn. Um. And then I guess I guess uh, we can uh, get right to the spot where uh, we say what up to one of our patrons, huh? Like uh, we, we've 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 done very well on Patreon lately, and we're very very pleased with uh, the fact that we've gotten some new patrons, and that we have uh, we actually had a patron go back and increase their pledge 
So I want to uh, thank, and I'm going to mangle your name, man. I'm sorry. I really, I'm really apologizing in advance, but we want to thank uh, Steon Torgerson. Steon Torgerson, thank you so much for raising your pledge. We really appreciate it, and thank you for your support of the show. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons who make Full Metal RPG possible. Um, thank you, to, and just thank you to everybody for listening. Always, we really appreciate. Every single one of you that participates in the FMRPG community and experience. So, uh, without any further ado, we'll get right on to the black hole. What do you think? What do you think, guys? The black yes. Hole. Yes, yes. The black hole is a place into which all of our time, money, and attention uh, is, is in, inexorably drawn. It's role-playing. Uh, and uh, why don't we go ahead and start with uh, our, our guest, man, uh, Alex. Uh, why don't you go ahead and like, kind of, you know, introduce yourself real quick to... To the listeners who maybe haven't heard you recently, you've been on before, but it's been it's been a while. Why don't you tell 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 them who you are, bud? Well, uh, for people who may not remember, uh, I was last on. Gosh, it's been two years, I believe. Uh, but I, I like to think that I'm on every episode because I do. Uh, I did write the title <laughs> music. Um, Thank so, you in, in some ways, I am the first the first uh, voice of Full Metal RPG. Um, it- in in many ways, and I think you're on more episodes than I am at this point. So, <laughs> well, so I do what I can. There you go. So, uh, so buddy, what have you been up to in the realms of uh, role playing, etc.? Well, uh, saving the bedroom aside for later. Um, wow! 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 <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is rated PG thirteen, at least, right? What the? Oh, this this podcast? I thought you yeah. listened, man. Yes, <laughs> this is definitely rated definitely rated R. This is a Defi- definitely family friendly show. So yeah, yeah. We care for nothing. We care for surprise. nothing, Lebowski. All right, so so what's up, man? What you got? Uh, so uh, this whole uh, COVID nineteen has uh, put a ruin. Uh, to my role-playing games, but uh, before the world uh, took a turn towards the end, uh, I was running Call of Cthulhu uh, and was just getting into a uh, campaign of uh, set in Wicked Berlin, the Call of Cthulhu supplement for 1920s, 1930s Berlin. Mm. Uh, it is incredible. Uh, Brendan, I believe you were playing in that game. and uh, oh, I'm trying. That's a uh, friend of the yeah. show, David Larkins, wrote that. Yeah, so, David, what up, bro? We're playing your book. We're playing met your him. book, man. We met him at, uh, or at least I met him at uh, Gen Con last year with you. And uh, if you haven't had a look at Berlin, the Wicked City, you need to go out and take a look at it. Even if you don't play Call of Cthulhu, it is grail status for an RPG supplement. Um, just the number of hooks uh, for great adventures and, and the way they take... Uh, what could otherwise be a one-trick pony setting, uh, and add so much depth to it is uh, is incredible. So uh, David gets mad props in my book. Can't awesome. wait for that to resume. Ah, fucking a. killer, killer. Uh, how about uh, Ashley? What are you up to? How you been? Um, busy as always. I know this is going to be a surprise to you, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Um, I actually was talking to a friend this morning. He's playing. D&D 5e for the very first time and he wanted some tips so I was talking to him about that and he's like how many how many times a week do you play and I just kind of laughed at him 
I was like, well, <laughs> right now I was I kind of wrote down all the campaigns I'm in. I've got a D&D 5e homebrew that I alternate Fridays with uh, Adam's Vampire Game. So every Friday I have something going on because I like to live life on the wild side. <laughs> and then every other Thursday I have the hit the streets with uh, with you guys. With everybody, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell your friend, nice. here's a tip: pick a better game system. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he's very excited. See, the thing is, he he's starting out. He knows nothing. He's very nervous about it, and he's playing a monk sorcerer multi class. Wow! And I'm just like, that's ambitious. Deep so, um, <laughs> yeah, I I was like, huh, okay, well, good good luck. Um, protect your uh, healer. So yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. So I'm like, Are all you right, cool. edition. Pardon? Do you really need a healer in fifth edition? I mean, nobody yes. can die, right? No, it's, no, they can one. die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you do. It takes a while. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm just star packed warlock for life. Only star packed warlocks can keep it so real. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my Pathfinder campaign that I've been playing for about two years now. We're trying to get it going on roll twenty so we can get that. But then we're also starting a Pathfinder two campaign with part of that group. So. And then Mamre Alpha is always still going. So yeah, I've, I'm pretty campaigned up and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I like how, because I was worried with the end of the world and all that I wasn't going to be able to game while everything burned around us, but it looks like I'm still going to be able to do that. So yeah, I mean, and the best it, campaign is clearly Transylvania Chronicles. So clearly, clearly. Yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's a great time to play. Uh, I find myself playing more often than I have been. I find myself playing with a more diverse group of people than I ever mm -hmm. have. So that's, you yeah. know, that's, that's, that's pretty fucking rad. Nothing, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, how, how about you, Adam? What's, what's crack lacking with this uh, vampire campaign, bro? Yeah, I've been what's running the Dark Ages again. I'm on the, the second session. So the first session they met a vampire and one of the players was like, I'm going to diablerize that guy. <laughs> And then uh, second session, the players have already started accusing each other of betrayal and backstabbing. Um, sorry, so not sorry. Yeah, it's pretty much classic vampire as far as I can tell. Uh, it's good to kind of be back in the swing. They met a second vampire <clears throat> that nobody has mentioned diabolizing yet. Yet. Uh, yeah, yet. <laughs> so it's been a so lot of fun. They're, they're still stuck in Castle Tarogobisht. And they haven't made their way out of there yet. But what's going on there? What's crackalacking in there? They're talking to the uh, Dimitri Corsa of the Orde League of the old clan Zimiche, and he's been—he had his little secret that he kept in the chapel that they all uncovered in the last session, which is he is uh, harboring a, a salubri refugee. Oh, conundrums! So. We shall see how that ends up playing out as yeah. the game goes yeah. on. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And then, That's yeah, one of the uh, players decided to uh, eat the Kissitude <laughs> <laughs> rat, and we're going to see how that goes for him. All right. <laughs> Just like, right. I'm going to roll self-control. I botched. All right, cool. Well, then, this is happening. Mm -hmm. so well, um... Yeah, man, it sounds like that's much more successful than the Dark Sun experience. And, oh, for uh, sure, yeah. It, it could, it, that was such a low bar that it was subterranean. There was almost no way to to not jump that one. 
<laughs> All right, great. Uh, Richard, how about you, man? What's uh, what's what's the black hole been looking like for you? Uh, well, I've been, uh, I mean, obviously we're continuing the Hit the Streets Defend the Block game. I, I have some thoughts, but I kind of want to wait till we're finished to really put them public. But after some talk with uh, Daryl, what up, Daryl? Uh, I think I've got like kind of the the rest of the arc. We'll see how that goes. Mm, uh, it's okay. I know that I'm your favorite character. So. It, you are actually my favorite weird character. Uh, I First think of all, rude. <laughs> I can hear you. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I like all the characters in their most inter- their their interesting characterization, <laughs> including all the accents they cycle through. Anyways, Man, you, have kids? you should have kids. You, you totally <laughs> nailed that. I love each of you in your own unique special way. That's right. But the thing that that kind of has cropped up this week has been uh, there is a huge bundle of it's called the bundle of racial justice on itch.io. Yeah. It's yeah, that's like, right. It's okay, so it's mostly video games. I'm gonna put that right out on front street. But there I've been going through it. I'm about twenty-one pages of in of fifty-one pages of of stuff. And I've got about sixty RPGs. Oh wow. So there's a lot. Some the like the top highlight is probably like Blades in the Dark, Troika. Um uh there's there's a bunch of little tiny like games i've never heard of that i'm super excited to just kind of like download the pdfs of and like check out so i i really uh recommend going and i mean i know you're you're anybody that goes i'm going to link it in the show notes because that because i control those but uh it if when you, when you look at it you're like oh this is just a bunch of roguelikes and like nest clones and it's like just go ahead and pay at least the five bucks i think it's worth way more than that just to get like a uh drm free blades in the dark pdf um but there's a lot of really cool stuff in there you just gotta do some sifting um i think and and also uh um drive through rpg is doing a uh national police accountability bundle that's got some cool stuff Mm -hmm. from like uh uh gallant night games and uh you know there's a copy of cyberpunk 2020 in there so like oh nice so so like it's like 10 bucks for that bundle and obviously you can donate more but there's just like these cool bundles out there on these the kind of like the two sites people use for hosting rpgs that has been really uh really heartwarming to see the the you know Every time I go back, there's more stuff in these bundles. So you buy them, and they just kind of keep growing. So it's not like it. Oh just, wow! Yeah. So when I first yeah, got, last time I checked, there was like a fourteen over fourteen hundred in the itch.io bundle. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I I almost feel like it's like too many. I mean, yeah, I imagine yeah. I, I think that there's a, there might be a point of saturation where people are all like, dude, I like literally don't want to sit there scrolling to see like if I hit the jackpot and got something good, you know? But at the end of the day, it's like, dude, $5 minimum donation, like get, get some games, help people out. I mean, come on that, you know, I mean, well, how, how much easier could they make it? You know, it's super easy and it's very, very rewarding. Even, you know, just like random. I mean, I suspect if it's so large now that you just randomly go to the RPG or something, you'll be like, oh, this is already in the bundle I own. So 
I th- I think it's well worth the 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 mi- you know I I put in a good bit more than the minimum because I think it's you know important to encourage these sort of things. But that that's kind of like where my money went this week for RPGs. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Cool. Great. Um, I bought a couple things. It was mostly just like research documents for the for the um game that I'm working on. I'm like uh. I, I had originally uh, written the uh, uh, Dunkle Elfin Chroniken to be like one book, but it was just too fat. It was like just too much uh, to put into one PDF. So I uh, broke it up into two, and I've been working on volume two since then. It was really, really, really my hope to come on today and say like, oh, um, you know, go on fucking uh, itch, and it'll be there for you to get, right? Make a donation or whatever, or don't. Um on because because my my original release date was the 12th but it just i started fleshing out the second volume to get it where i wanted it to be for a release and uh it just uh it was too fat it was it it, it was it's just too much work that needed to be done um uh so i uh pushed it back to the to the 19th so um on the 19th of of june you should be able to go on to itch.io and get uh, the Dunkle Elfin Chronic and uh, Volume Two, uh, Shadows of the Dark City, and uh, that's like my uh, kind of. It's kind of like imagine like Vornheim only for just for dark elves, right? Like it's just like a dark elf city generator. It's got some other stuff in it. It's got uh, a character class, a new character class. So there's gonna be five character classes now. It's got uh, some new weapons, some new armor. Uh, it's got a couple magic items in it to keep things spicy. But the real meat of the book is uh, a dice drop city generator that like has – and then, Richard, you've read this. It has a lot of stuff. It has a yeah, lot of stuff yeah, in it. Yeah, so. I, I, it, I think it's worth it. Just the class is really awesome. The spider, I love it. It's it's basically a fixer. You like know people that you're like – power set is like knowing people and getting things done and finding things. But also I love the essay on how this game is actually cyberpunk in the beginning of it. (laughs) Because of course, as everyone who's ever listened to an episode of this, I can't help but talk about cyberpunk. So like the fact that this is kind of, you know, there's, there's talking about class and how that kind of plays into this uh, whole system as a city in cyberpunk. I, I just really dig the, the, you know all of it, and the and the city builder is awesome. So what more can you want? Drop some ducats, yo. Awesome, so awesome. Bornheim, Thanks, but not written by like problematic people. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe some people might find me problematic. Less I don't problematic want to speak. people. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't want to make any decisions for anybody here. I'm not trying to 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 toot my own horn, uh, except except that I am. Uh, right. I, uh, it's, 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 it's Vornheim for Dark Elves. It's got, it's definitely got some Vornheim DNA. It's got some Menza Brands in DNA. And I was actually talking to my good friend, uh, Wolf Mungus, and, um, he and I were kind of like rapping about like his thoughts on, uh, uh, the Dunkle Elven Chronicon. And he, uh, I told him like, oh yeah, the next book, it's like, it's like Menza Brands in, but like, you know, you can go get those like fourth E Men's and Brands and books for like twenty bucks on like uh, Amazon, dude. I don't think anybody's gonna want it for that. You know, it'll just be like OSR knobs that end up buying it. And he and so he went on eBay and he tried to buy a Men's and Brands and book, right? And I guess in the last couple of years since I bought that book, the prices on it have skyrocketed. It's now like 
out of print. You can't get it. It's like 50 bucks minimum. There's like slappies on fucking eBay that are like trying to get like $150 for Men's Baranzen. So, um, well, I got you, that one. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a great book. And, uh, if you are like lacking a like dark elf city generator, or you think to yourself, Oh, I'd really love to do more like underdark type adventures. And I'd love to have more dark elf cities and shit like that. Then I think it's a good buy. I think it's a good buy. It'll be on, it'll be on there on the 19th for, um, uh, pay what you want. Uh, again, like the other one. And, uh, you know, I just hope that people take a second and kind of, you know, familiarize themselves with the game and kind of, can't play with it and just explore it and see kind of what it's like because it's to me it's very exciting it's like a very exciting kind of thing that that uh i don't want to say that it's new because it's very not new but there's something there's a newness about it there's a freshness about it that like really gets my blood up to work on it so that's kind of what's been driving me lately um alex man you've been working on something you've been working on a passion project of your own have you not uh yes which one well, I mean, uh, you got to listen them. Go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you got a web page, right, man? You got a web page, right? You got that that uh, that people should be checking out. Is that correct? Yes, it is uh, alexnaughtycamgirls.com uh, for the low, low price of thirty nine ninety five a month. You can subscribe and have complete access. Already wow. subscribed. <laughs> uh, look coronavirus is tough people are out of jobs uh, i had to make a living somehow so uh all reviews by adam five all five stars <laughs> five stars uh, no uh I, I have been uh working on getting my uh gaming um glorified blog uh, up and running for a while i didn't just want to do a blog spot or, or wordpress or something like that so uh, well, actually, I had created my own little WordPress, and uh, it, it sucked. Uh, and so I went to uh, the homie Adam, uh, begging hand on knees, um, gave him six free month subscription uh, to the to the other website, and uh, <laughs> And uh, as a result, uh, there is now a very nice new edition of FantasticLegions.com. Uh, we've been having an Instagram page and a Facebook page for a while. Um, it, it's my own way to catalog my painting and hobby making, uh, adventures, uh, provide sort of a resource for how to guides for people who, uh, you know, are, are trade nuts like me and are chasing the dragon of, uh, of ultimate realism. Uh, but also talk a little bit about pop culture and, uh, retro fantasy, retro horror, retro gaming, um, what's new, what's old, all of that. So uh, I'm excited to see how it will turn out. Uh, I also do need to thank uh, Brendan for uh, designing the logo. Um, I think it only took about six months to get uh, to get that uh, work product across the finish line. It, it really it, it took a year, but yeah. <laughs> you, you said you've been working on the, the site for a couple of years. One of them was me just... Uh, not doing the thing I said I was going to do. Sorry about that. That's one of them. Uh, but we do have some cool stuff coming up. Yeah, was got, not uh, doing the thing I was said I was going to do. So, <laughs> and you've got six free months of camp girls. So I know I didn't get that. Jesus, oh, man. man, man. You got to drive a harder bargain. With you with with that. friends like these, who needs enemies? You're never going to get anything done. <laughs> um, the uh, the. Uh, well, part of the content on Fantastic Legions is it kind of has like an educational bent uh, that, that some of our listeners might find kind of interesting. It's got like 
some how to's on making, making table mats and making terrain. And, um, and you're kind of like in a little bit of a game design kind of, uh, uh, jag right now. Is that right? A little bit, a little bit, uh, like all historical gamers, nothing uh, meets your view of what must have happened 500 years before you were born. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Well, uh, are we going to be seeing, um, like material for that project on uh, fantastic legions? We will, but the cooler thing that I think some of uh, the Full Metal RPG listeners might be interested in is uh, shortly here we will be publishing interviews uh, with some of the top uh, old-school revival artists and illustrators out there right now uh, that you'll see in a lot of old-school revival games on Kickstarter and and elsewhere. Um, Got some interviews coming up and uh, some art showcases, so look for that. I also have yeah. a bunch of QAnon stuff throughout the site. Uh, where we go one, we go all. So feel free to look at that. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's horrible. Um, <laughs> so, so Alex, definitely I, make I'm sure. I'm kidding. You... I want to be clear. I'm... <laughs> I hope so. Alex, For uh, once. please make sure and get me uh, those links when those uh, those interviews start posting. I'll put them up on the. The uh, Facebook page, the Full Metal RPG Facebook page, make sure that all the Full Metal RPG listeners can get access to that. And then in the meantime, it's Fantastic Legions that's on Facebook, is that correct? And Instagram? It's Fantastic Legions on Facebook and Instagram and .com, which has links to our Facebook and Instagram that you can click on. It's a cycle. So it's like a never-ending cycle of just just recurring just pictures of pictures of hobby. It's, it's, it's but 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 you know putting putting without putting too fine a point on it. The the blog it's cool. It's got a lot of great content, and it's not just the equivalent of somebody's like Instagram account that you can scroll through. It's much more in depth. There's a lot more like richness and detail there. Um, so it's if, if if you're a fan of blogs, if you're a fan of historical gaming, or as you said, retro gaming, then I. I highly suggest all the uh, cultists, the FMRPG cultists, go check it out. Um, so we got a show to do tonight, guys. We haven't even started talking about our subject. What do you think? Do you guys want to talk about a subject or what? Sure. Sounds good to me. <laughs> all right. Great, great. Um, so so today's subject is is uh is what I kind of like uh cheesily called in the outline. I think I called it the tailspin effect, right? Because I needed to find some way to talk about what happens when your fucking game goes pear-shaped and you need to uh, figure out what you're going to do with it, right? And so I think that if you've uh, been role-playing for uh, any any point of time, any, any duration, you've probably either been in a campaign or you've run a campaign where um, you're playing and the game started out like with like a lot of noble intentions and a lot of detail and Things were uh, very like without 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 saying serious. Like people were taking it seriously. How about that? Um, and then and then maybe you know people started losing interest or getting bored at the table or maybe you get, you, you're just playing really late and everybody got kind of tired and silly. But uh, but things took a turn, right? Things started getting kind of like weirdly absurd and like and in a way that was it was never intended in a way that sort of like is kind of like out of sync with like the rest of the content of the, of the campaign. And um, 
sometimes like a game can't really like recover from that, right? Like the perception of what the game is has has been uh, altered to such a degree that like getting back to the core of the idea um, seems really hard. So my question is is um, so if we could kind of like just discuss that as an idea and then we, and then kind of like get to the core of like well. If this happens to your campaign, if this happens to your game, should you try and fix it? Or do you nuke the site from orbit? Or, <laughs> like, really, like, who's to blame for this kind of thing happening? Like, uh, should you, uh, as a GM, do you kind of, like, fall on your sword and move on? Or was this all some dastardly player's fault? Um, who wants to kind of, who wants to kind of... You know, lead with some some impressions. May I interject with a one-word uh, inside joke that we will not discuss any further? Uh, well, I don't <laughs> see how we can say no to that. Yeah, exactly. Just, just lay it out there. <laughs> you, you've already teed that one up. Ravenloft. No yeah, warning. He said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the uh, um, that, that you know that's actually that's a really good conversation starter there, Alex, because that was definitely one that like was like that. Like it didn't. It never, it never got any better, <laughs> right? As we were playing, it just kept getting, it just kept slipping deeper into its own mire, huh? Um, what, what, what are you guys' uh, thoughts and uh, experiences with that, um, with that, that kind of topic? I mean, I'm amazing, so I've never had a game go bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, guys, that was Cold Metal RPG. <laughs> I have had so many games go bad that, uh, it, look, you learn a lot from the ones that, for lack of a better term, shit the bed, right? It's, <laughs> you kind of learn, <laughs> these are the character types I need to look out for, these are the warning signs that I gotta pay attention to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If there's anyone who has never had a game fail I guess I, my first question would be: Do you run games? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess why maybe maybe it's that I'm not putting a fine enough point on it. But I just wanted to accentuate that it isn't just about having games go bad because that happens all the time. Like, right. like uh, you know, people's schedules. You get like the death by the death by schedule committee, and then you get the uh, the GM runs out of steam thing, or then you get like the toxic player that drives everybody off kind of thing. Um, you get the PVP that like ruins it for everybody. The, but what I'm really talking about is that moment when people lose focus on what the campaign itself is about. And th so they just start just doing stuff just to do stuff. Uh, you know what well, I'm saying? I played with drunks. And so they always did stuff just to do stuff. So I, I may not have the best insight here because it would I would just be like, oh, yeah, there's like you go into a village and there's like there's a bear and there's some people and there's a kid playing with a puppy. I kill his puppy. What? Why? Why do you kill? Why do you kill? The, it's, you said there was a puppy. So I'm going to kill the puppy. OK, why did you kill the puppy? Like, I, that wasn't why it was there. I was trying to just establish kind of like a bucolic scene. But yeah, right, yeah go nuts. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, it really it depends, I guess, on your players. So it, I don't know that I've had a long-running campaign where everything was going swimmingly and then suddenly it just kind of went off in the, the left-hand sinister path. But 
Is that is that just me, Richard? What about you, man? Have, well, is, I mean, does, like, have you experienced this? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do know what you're talking about. I've played in. I've been players in games that I feel like that's happened to. I don't think I was the person that did it. Um, there's like there's a point when which you have like there's an argument. Like the one I I remember the most vividly is like an argument over basically the rules. And it, mm. the, the game master was trying to protect a NPC that they probably could have clearly replaced thinking about of it sure. back. Cause I was, I was playing a rogue and uh, I had like, it was second edition. So I had amazing hide and shadows. Cause I had found this like shadow cloak and I s- snuck into like the head of the general, the head of the army that was following us trying to kill us to get the MacGuffin. It was like, well, he's sleeping right there on. This is almost the Austin Powers conversation. He's sleeping right there on the uh, on the cot. I'm just gonna put my dagger through his brain. So at that point, like we had like this two hour argument that 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 <laughs> oh, like that like it wasn't that that wasn't a thing that you can't just insta kill somebody. And I was like, but th- I mean, th- I'm like. 16 at the time so this is a long time ago uh right right uh but we have like this long argument but it it never felt the same for me as a player after that like i think they kept Mm. playing that game but like i just kind of like i i mean i ended up like basically taking uh, describing my character taking the dagger and like plunging it through his head and then like I never came back to that game. Like I was just like, so mad, like any, any instance where you get like mad about what happened in the game is kind of tends to like taint the rest of the campaign a little bit. Yeah, it, 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 I agree. It, it, it's like this, like it, we're all trying to have fun and work together and there's maybe some dark shit or some like, some kind like not dark shit, but like you have this like angry feeling that's personal about what's going on and that kind of taints the game and then be, the the game just kind of spirals down you don't don't want to go cuz you don't you don't feel like going anymore cuz it doesn't feel good anymore you know it, it's just this like i'm out i'm done and i think to me the important part is having play, uh, uh communications afterwards to understand what went on cuz i've definitely had those those instances in games even one shots where i walked out of the game <laughs> Whereas, like, well, well, I, I think what you're describing right there is like um, when everybody comes together to play the game. There's this idea that we're all going to like in good faith like arbitrate reality, and we're going to have like concepts about like how reality works. And when you say something to the, like to the GM and you go like, "Oh, I fucking like you know, drop the apple and it hits the floor," and the GM goes, "Oh no, oh that's bad for my plot," so it actually falls onto the counter, and then you're like, "That that's not how gravity works." Everybody knows that's not how gravity works. Why are you being so precious about your fucking plot? And they go, "It's my fucking game, dude. Whatever fucking I want to happen happens." They've like broken this kind of faith with you, right? They've broken this covenant that like you can make kind of like. Uh, predictions about how the world will work in a way that you can guide your character. And then you're just fucking, you're like, well, why am I here? Right. Right. Exactly. Like what? There was a game. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. 
Go ahead, Ashley. I was going to say, there was a, a game that I was going to join, and uh, I just kind of sat in on a session just to see if it was one that I wanted to be in on because I didn't know any of the people. And the way that the GM was running it, it was very much like he had a story that he had written. It was a homebrew. And it was very much, I'm like, why don't you just give them the lines that you want them to read? Because I know that that's not the tailspin effect at all. That's not what you're talking about. But as far as just the complete and utter railroading, that that's no fun. But he he basically had just said, you know, this is my story and this is how it's going to go. So um, that's not fun. So to Richard's point. Yeah, Yeah. it sounds not great. (laughs) Mm -mm. Sounds super duper not great. I mean, I guess um, there's this meme Right, and I'm thinking that we've probably all seen it by this point. And um, it's 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 two panels, and the top panel has like the the Fellowship of the Ring, and it says every D and D game begins like this. And then the bottom panel is it shows like the Monty Python and the Holy Grail people, and it says <laughs> and ends like this. And that's really what I'm kind of talking about is that like at a certain point, like like the best intentions of the game have descended into this kind of like self parody. Well, you know? so what I will say is my experience with that was running um, Transylvania Chronicles. Mm. The first time. The first two or three books of that are this really dark exploration through the history of the world of darkness. And then the fourth book is you're on a train with uh, the Nosferatu antediluvian who's trying to launch nukes at other antediluvian. I, I don't know that it's specific to players or games i guess i would say on a long enough timeline maybe everything kind of goes pear-shaped because you ran giovanni chronicles right yeah we didn't finish it though right and book four you throw away everything that you've done prior to that point and you start over with new characters right yeah yeah and that's a similar phenomenon because they just didn't know what to do with it Right. I mean, those were those were deep and intrinsic flaws in the um, game design of Vampire. You know, <laughs> they were basically like just codified examples of the developers just throwing their hands up in the air and saying, well, I don't know what the fuck I do with this. Like, oh, God, you can't even play this game. And then so don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, they just told you straight up to not do it, you know? Well, they, right. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I, I think part of this is... There, it, it's sort of, I'll call it the Star Wars effect, where you have these preconceived notions, and then you go in and are disappointed because it didn't meet your preconceived notion. <clears throat> like, and having dis- and with games, with role playing games, having discussions while you're like, I think, especially like, you know, pre built modules are kind of really rife for this sort of thing is like, the the like starting out as the Fellowship of the Ring and ending as Monty Python is you have humans in your game and humans are agents of chaos. They they don't want to do what you you know it, but like having conversations about tone, like, hey, you know, after you know, at, not in the moment, but like after the game, like I feel like I'm not seeing the tone I we thought I thought we agreed on. Like Having yeah, those conversations yeah. can help you keep something together and going into the tailspin. Because I think, I mean, I think one bad, se- everybody's had that one bad session in a really awesome game. Sure. 
No, I, I agree 100%. I think, I think that a lot of it comes down to the post-game conversation or the pre-game conversation at the next session. Because, um, like, for instance, when you're watching a horror movie, right, uh, the, the best horror movies have an element of humor in, in them. And it can either be, like, uh, gallows humor or the, the way that they kind of often try to do this a little bit is they'll have kind of an oddball character who is, like, sort of a fish-out-of-water character but still very likable, right? kind of winning yeah. and um and kind of in that in the third act when everything is like about to go to shit the oddball character or the gallows humor kind of kicks in a little bit which is like this big tension break that you kind of need at the uh at the end of the second act so that you can plunge into the 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 real sort of pitch black finale of the third act right and uh, some, you know, sometimes bad things happen to those characters. Often they don't because you know people get precious about them. But um, a good campaign is going to be able to hit that note, right? Where there's a session where you know everybody's been doing their role playing, and maybe there's a bunch of dark and brooding shit going on. But maybe you just want a session where you just like laugh at stuff, and maybe you do something kind of ridiculous. Like this is a classic vampire one where it's like, oh, we're all going to fight a werewolf or something, and it's just kind of dumb. There's like no <laughs> real reason to be doing it. It's just it's just kind of silly fun, um, but then the next session you basically have to come in and, as the GM and be like, "All right, everybody, like uh, that was fun last week, but don't fucking try that shit again because uh, we need to get this thing back on the rails." Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And if you think about it, um, when we're talking about the players kind of getting fatigued and that's when all the silliness comes in. If you go too hard on just horror nonstop the entire time, that's mentally and emotionally exhausting depending on how dark you're going with it. So it's the silliness is going to come out. So it's like if you can kind of control when that silliness comes out by throwing in a session like that, uh, I I think that that's one way that as the GM you can try and um, try and get around it going pear shaped as you say well, yeah, uh, i never i never plan to like pass that note to god because <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know i was hoping for murder hornets would be a nice little like you know Side break quest. for everything yeah uh, yeah went away real fast send that one up the chain <laughs> we need a laugh yeah uh, how about how about you alex do you have any thoughts on this man um so i I've been in a few games that uh, have turned pear-shaped, and I'd like to echo what Ashley said, which is that I think fatigue has a lot to do with uh, with games going pear-shaped, and it can be fatigue of a, a horror situation, or it can be fatigue of getting too late in the evening, uh, or frankly, sometimes even fatigue of the campaign. Um, not every campaign should go on forever, and I think sometimes DMs don't know when a campaign has run its course. And, um, so I think that's probably the, the genesis of, of uh, people acting out at the game table. Um, that's certainly been the, my experience of every time it's happened. Yeah, and to piggyback on what you're saying about just the length of the campaign, too, like in um, our last arc of Mamre Alpha, most of our, our arcs, and I know arc campaign, I'm using them interchangeably in this particular situation, but um, they're normally like five or six episodes, and this one was like 16 or some shit. Like, by the end of it, all of us are just like, holy fucking shit, can we just, like, get on with it? Like, I just want to 
kill whatever we need to and move on to the next thing. So I think that all of us towards the end of that arc too, we're getting a little eh, sillier even for us. Like if you've ever listened to Mamre Alpha, it's not exactly serious, (laughs) (laughs) but like even for us, we were kind of, we were getting that fatigue pretty bad. So I'm, I'm happy that arc's over with. It was like the end of every episode I watched with Q where I was just sick of it by the end. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, I mean, what I'm kind of hearing is, is that like, you know, it's like all things. I mean, I think that on some of them, we might be kind of making a, a person who like is like a big fan of the gauntlet series of podcasts, for instance, might come on here this episode and think that we're kind of like making a low key read between the lines kind of case against campaigns and against uh, long-term play. Uh, that uh, that we're kind of sort of subtly endorsing like the three shot game, you know. Um, I don't I don't know if I, I I would stop them if that's how they were feeling because I because yeah, I wouldn't. I, yeah, I love long campaigns. Transylvania Chronicles. The first time I ran it was a really valuable experience, and it was a year and a half, two years. Like I've run long games. I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've run one shots. I've really enjoyed. I, it, yeah, it's it's a focus question and a and a give and take between the players and the GM. Yeah, I, I think I think shorter sessions. And then what's what's weird is that like as I'm older, I like run I run very much shorter sessions than I used to. And uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, right now I make my sessions three hours long, and I like rarely play the full three hours. You know, there's always some technical hiccups, and then there's some socializing and bullshitting, and then. I think that there's usually about two hours, maybe two hours and 10 minutes of actual play, eh, maybe a little bit more than that. But um, uh, it, I, I try, I really try and keep it sprightly. That said, I think this concept of like fatigue, like really, really has legs to it because I mean, just this last week I was running uh, esoteric enterprises for the uh, dungeon punks crew. And um we all wanted to play. We all wanted to see each other. We wanted to get back to the game, and we certainly didn't want to let it become. That's another trap to fall in, which is, um, you know, you're canceling all the time or you're rescheduling all the time. And uh, I think uh, we all wanted we all wanted to keep the game going by showing up to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had been an incredibly mentally exhausting week. And I think by the time we all got to the game table, we were all kind of feeling it. Nobody said it, but I could, I got this sense. I got this vibe that a lot of, you know, as a GM, you kind of got to be able to pick up on these things that we were, that we were all feeling a little, a little world weary. And so um, the session kind of started taking on a few elements that were sort of like, just we were kind of like maybe a little bit more humorous than like ordinarily I would have like, uh, turned the ship into and i just i just went with it because it was fun and we all needed a laugh and uh you know we'll get back to something a little bit more kind of like serious or whatever on the next one you know <laughs> yeah and as far as campaigns are concerned like the pathfinder campaign we're doing the emerald spire one still and it's been going forever because we don't get together as often as we want to and um it, like I'm good with long campaign, whether it's individual sessions, like you were saying, not being very long or however you want to handle that. I think the, yeah, fatigue is probably the main thing. And I've run, I mean, I haven't run a long campaign, but um, running at conventions too is the same thing. Um, I've had one shots at conventions uh, that have gone south and I'm just like, Oh my yeah. God. Duh. Cause you can't vet your players at that point. Like you can't no. have that conversation of tone or anything like that. But I think, 
communicating tone before and after and doing check-ins and then making sure that there's no fatigue. Like there's things you can do as a GM. It's just sometimes you have to figure out if you want to roll with it, lean into it, or just fucking call it. Like know when you're done, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and I, 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 I hear that too about the convention gaming because maybe you're like running late at night and like the yes. people who show up are already kind of slappy and then it's like, you know, you have that that thing. I mean, that, that, that's kind of one of the things I learned about convention gaming is that you can't be too like invested in your concepts of like, oh, well, I'm the GM and I'm here to tell this important fucking story or whatever, you know, because mm-hmm. like, you just never know who's going to fucking roll up. It just, it could be some people who are just completely just passing through, you know, and they're just here to do their, like their little bit. And then they, you know, it's on to the next table. They aren't even going to remember this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and, and I had a, a, a game where the guy's bit was basically trying to, we were playing like a 1930s detective, like dirty world game. Ah. And, and, and it was kind of awesome, except for the dude was trying to, I think the dude was basically being a sexist asshole to one of the other characters. And she was, and and the woman was just like, what do you, everyone, I was asking, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, clearly this is not. And like, basically she got up the, the player that he was kind of most, you know, oppositional to got up and walked out and I was like, well, that's, that's done. Like you, I, I gotta leave too. Like there's, you know, there's none of this crap in it. That was that was only a few years ago. Yeah, right? yeah. I actually remember when that happened. There, it's kind of controversial in the local scene around here. Yeah, I mean, great GM, great, uh, mostly great players. Like, and it just went sideways like so quickly. And that's that's a convention game can do that. But like, even at your local play, you know, you've got to like, I I, f- I feel like having that like after session like conversation where it's like or being able to like hey you can tell me anything like i don't care you know if you're telling me my story's not good or like or if you want to pass me a note that says this character or this person is playing this character in a way that's that's kind of bugging me that sort of thing can come about later and be blow up and just like spin a campaign that you spent like six months oh to yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. out of control so game. go ahead you fucking a break character with this obnoxious german accent with uh he was any was an <laughs> artificer he had this like goddamn chainsword he wouldn't stop talking about it was the worst adam are you talking about your snake he's was best but yeah yeah, but every, everybody was having a good time at that table. Like it, it sometimes overran the tables next to it. That's how much t- good time. I, I mean, having. here's the thing: is that is that I have to imagine that as a uh, person who's hosting this podcast in this year, with the changes that have happened uh, to the gaming scene and to what's expected of the gaming scene, and the sort of like you know post you know acquisitions incorporated post like internet famous people playing role-playing games world where those games seem to be like on some level like just intensely kind of slappy you know what i'm saying it just seems like kind of what they are it seems like sort of the point of them right um like maybe what i perceive as being like a problem and a form of almost like toxic play that quote-unquote ruins games uh is just kind of what people want to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like, that's what they think role-playing is, and that's why they're there, and they're kind of... Every, 
people don't even want to. I, I had a guy show up to a con game that I ran and I pitched. I was like running LTFP at the time and I pitched this like world. And he and he presented me a character named uh, Jeffrey Oatmeal, who directed who 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 uh, dressed like a Boy Scout. And he and he's a cleric. And I was like, I was just like, ah, you know, what am I gonna do? You know. Uh. Well, wasn't wasn't that like there was a, another one where like we we're I think we were playing that game and the guy named his character after it was like Link or something. Oh God! And, yeah, <laughs> it's it's sort of that that's just like convention play. You're gonna get some interesting characters yeah. there. I, I don't think that's like, necessarily that's every the, play you know, though. The, we were talking last time about Psycho Bitch, right? Like there's just. <laughs> <laughs> Characters that <laughs> kind of dominate the game that they're in, right? Well, yeah, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess. Ah, God, that's kind of it's an interesting point. Interesting point. It's kind of not what I mean, but it is also at the at at it the does, core of that. Right. It does tend to lead to the death spiral because everybody else is kind of standing around watching what's going on and going, "Okay, am I part of this or not?" Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think old Ben Bailey ever like fucking was hamming it up with Psycho Bitch. I think no, I, he, think I think he was he was uh fucking loving to roll crits on fools and blow their heads off. To I think this clear, is I was completely hamming it up with Ogre von Hammerschmidt. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. No. I, I I don't know what joy anybody takes from playing Jeffrey Oatmeal at a LOTFP game that they rocked up on in, in the middle of a con, but I mean I don't know. Like a lot of people, they just kind of like this uh, wacky schmackety do thing. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of the it's kind of the vibe now. Um, what do you th- what do you think? I feel like we've kind of explored this pretty well. Uh, does anybody have any closing thoughts? Anything that they want to get get at? I, I think I think. To my, you know, I'll, I'll reiterate, like, if you have some expectations, first of all, take those and put them on the shelf. <laughs> Second of all, uh, take the, take them off the shelf and, and show them to your player. I mean, I know, show them to your players and be like, hey, this is what I would like this game to be. Can we all have a buy-in? Like, let's talk about buying into this idea. And, and, and second of all, like, relax if you've got a you know you have a bad session like but just put those expectations back out on front street <laughs> with those people and with the care with the players and i think that will help s- somewhat mitigate the tailspin effect mm-hmm. but there's always a chance because you're dealing with humans that it all goes to shit and you have to start over again somewhere oh man so. yeah you really have to kind of like doff your fedora your metaphorical fedora to the uh <laughs> milady to the to the gms that have really like just had those long-term ongoing campaigns you know you hear what these guys who are like Oh yeah, man, the same guys. I've been playing fucking uh, goddamn uh, you know birthright for twenty years, and you're like, what? Like, are you, are you serious? You know, my, yeah, my, I'm 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 currently playing my like my my primary character's grandchild, and you're just like, I, I don't <laughs> understand how you guys manage to keep the wheels on that, but 
you know, more power to you, you know, more power to you. It reminds me of, sorry, it reminds me of like the blooper reels you see where one thing happens that someone gets the giggles over like in a movie or a show and then just it's over from there. So it's a matter of trying to turn that back around in your game, like whether it's just calling the session for the night and moving to more serious tone for the next one, make sure you communicate between the two sessions or if you again just have to call it, sometimes that happens too. So, uh, and, and and I'm I'm happy that you mentioned that before before I wrapped it up because I have defos done that. I have defos mm-hmm. been like, "That's it, you fuckers," you know. Mm-hmm. Or so, so sometimes it's kind of like a more mirthful thing, like, "All right, all right, I see you guys just want to play slap ass. I'm going home." But like, mm-hmm. so th- th- there have been definitely times where I'm like, "You fucking pricks, better have your shit together next week." And then, and then I leave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sometimes you just gotta call it, man, because uh, you know, yeah. you know, you can't. You know, as Blade said, you know, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. You know, <laughs> your uh, your angry reaction to the players uh, going pear shaped is a reaction to your own failings as a GM and creating the situation. Oh shit. Is it, are we getting all Freudian here? Is it really about me? Um, I just thought I would leave on that uh, positive note for the GMs. No, out there. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe it is. Well, I mean, I think, I think, I think maybe it is. I think we've kind of explored both of those. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. I think you get these personalities in there that like want to they want to do a certain thing, or maybe they're feeling like a certain vibe. But I think that one of the primary causes of this thing is you know, uh, GMs ride their players too hard to make them play too long. And it's it's kind of like um, when people start stacking dice. I, I I can't remember who did it, but some some there's some there's some pundit out there, some person who some some D and D pundit who calls those things towers of boredom. And they're like, when you see your players start stacking their dice, you know that you're fucking up because people are bored, you know. And I'm just like, so I'm very sensitive to that when I see people doing stuff like that at the table. To me, that's like. Uh oh, step one. I'm in the weeds already. You know, before before I know it, I'm gonna have somebody being like, oh, "I take off my pants and run at them, yelling tally ho." You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, <laughs> you know, they just want something to happen, right? Well, now you've given me power over you. Like, <laughs> like yeah, because you and right? I play together so much. You and I, <laughs> you and I are just always at the same table. Every time I'm like, "Oh, I want to yeah. run a game, run a game." Adam's the number one guy who just is first in line. <laughs> Yeah, I, I never get ideas about what we're doing when we get there. So, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think the only time you and I ever actually are at the same tables and we're doing like demos and stuff like that. It's true. Con games, con games. Yeah, we well, definitely you, you have. You're both playing in my game. We're, we're like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we're playing. We, we we are both playing in Richard's game. But we don't play in each other's games. But, you know, playing each other's. Yeah, games. we don't. We don't play in each other's games. We there's definitely that weird impetus to needle each other when we're in each other's games that that goes on. <laughs> yeah we should write a book about that we could um yeah yeah we called volume one the 90s um nice. <laughs> all right well thank you to everybody for coming by and being on the show and talking about this uh this subject which is uh you know it, it kind of kind of weirdly defended, descending into silliness all on its own so um <laughs> Uh, and thank you so much to Alex for stopping by and telling us about the uh, website. Uh, I hope you had a good time, man. Thank you. Thank you, uh, everyone else, as well. All right. Well, uh, that about does it for episode 93. Uh, check out Exalted Funeral. We love Exalted Funeral. Uh, stop by uh, the Brendan Carrion itch.io store and see what's cracking over there. 
And then, of course, there's always our uh, Patreon. And, um, you know, the Full Metal RPG Patreon has actually been having some good releases on it. Like, I've been putting the, the Dunk Loyalty and stuff on there. And then I just recently made uh, the, the sort of old-school episode or issue number one of uh, Horrorism available for PDF on there also. So there's actually some pretty decent stuff going on on the uh, FMRPG uh, uh, Patreon. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, the Facebook, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram at Full Metal RPG, and then you can always reach out to us via the emails. Um, that's uh, Full Metal RPG Official at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, and have a good night. Thank you. Fuck the police. Kizzy, you go Fuck the police. 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 Fuck Police pull a nigga over, chance you might die Fuck Inglewood PD They kill my nigga Fat Mike at rallies on Mother's Day 2008, same shit back in 88 Still going on the day Got me feeling like in WA Nigga with an attitude, got me feeling like Ice Cube Born in the 80s most of my niggas crack babies It was fuck the police as a baby Yeah, that's how the streets rape me I know the police hate me Police started off doing slavery Black fists in the air yelling Cause I don't trust the police I don't call them, I don't need them, I don't fuck with police I'm from a city full of madness, no justice, no peace Don't get me wrong, all popos ain't crooked But it's the fucked up ones that make a nigga overlook it All I got for my protection is this 40 full of bullets And this heart full of pain, tell the pose to keep pushing uh. When I see them, I get nervous They pull us over for nothing, too aggressive When they search us, they gon' make me load the Glock And get pulled over on purpose, he an asshole cop I'm a bullet, I'm murking, it's a shame These popos is worse than the enemy Shooting people for nothing, who's the real threat? Them or me, them or us We just tryna live while they live it up Always tryna do some shit, tell them they did enough Cause all they doing is making it worse Everybody won't change, try breaking the curse I'ma preach it through the music, I'ma take them to church We need some real street action, fuck making the first, let's get it White and blue supposed to mean freedom, but it's the opposite every time I see him. Why is that? Cause I'm young and I'm black. Type of people handcuff you, then shoot you in the back. I can't watch the news cause I get so mad. Swear we need a revolution, fuck the color of a flag. And hopefully with this song we united. Fuck a peace rally to get hurt, we need a riot. Just about to drop the album. License, registration, proof of insurance, please. Yeah, and that's real shit. Otherwise, murder still be the crime they commit. Turn their license to kill to a fucking permit. And anytime that it happen, they get off of the shit. That make me sick. I just might throw up. Just thinking about my little brother not growing up. Yeah, and that shit's so sick. Man, harassed by the cops, this a life we live in.
the police. Why the white was in the hood Don't come around if you really scared Boy, keep your ass around the millionaire It's crazy if you black, you don't feel wise But shit, all the white spent your meal rice It's time to make a change for the young Raise our kids to get a bag and gun It's just a job when it's said done So shit, fuck the police, kinda dumb Just think about it, nigga